0: Welcome to the Formula Bone F1 Show's 2022 Italian Grand Prix Recap. I'm Jared Borislow, but you can call me J-Bone. Let's get into it, folks. J-Bone! First up, on my Italian Grand Prix preview episode, I gave you three storylines to follow throughout the race weekend. Now, let's see how those shaped up. The first storyline was, how will Ferrari perform at their home Grand Prix? And honestly, Ferrari realistically performed pretty much as well as they possibly could have at the Italian Grand Prix with Charles Leclerc getting pole position on Saturday and then finishing P2 on Sunday, his best finish in the last five races. And Carlos Sainz having an incredible drive from P18 on the starting grid due to a grid penalty all the way up to P4. There are some people out there who think that Ferrari maybe could have had a shot at winning the race had Leclerc been put on the one-stop strategy rather than the two-stopper so that Max would have had to pass Leclerc on track and that maybe if Leclerc had been on the one-stopper he would have still had the lead when the Ricardo safety car came out but here's the deal I think regardless of any strategy decision that Ferrari could have made Max was always going to win this race because this year's Red Bull car is just a straight beamer the ultimate driving machine. So I'm going to do something that I very rarely do here on the Formula Bone F1 show. And that is commend Ferrari. And I'm commending them for realizing that they could lock up a P2, P4 finish at Monza and increase their World Constructors Championship lead on Mercedes in the process. And for executing on that plan rather than going full send and risking certain crucial points in the name of an unlikely victory the second storyline was will max verstappen extend his 2022 grand prix winning streak to five at the italian grand prix and of course max verstappen the unstoppable winning machine won the italian grand prix making it an insane five wins in a row Max is the newest member of an elite club of drivers who have accomplished five consecutive wins in a single season, along with just Sebastian Vettel, Michael Schumacher, Jack Brabham, Jim Clark, Nigel Mansell, and Lewis Hamilton. And Max is halfway to setting a new record for most consecutive F1 wins regardless of season, with the current record being nine wins in a row held by Sebastian Vettel, all taking place within his dominant 2013 season. I'll be talking about how early Max could end up clinching this season's World Drivers' Championship title during the listener voicemails portion of this episode, so stay tuned, folks. This episode is a good one. The final storyline was, will Nicholas Latifi finishing the points for the first time this season at the Italian Grand Prix? And he did not... Ba, 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 ba. He did not. After qualifying P16, getting out qualified by his teammate's replacement, Nick DeVries, in the process, Latifi started the Grand Prix P10 because of grid penalties elsewhere. Not for him. It's one thing he didn't do wrong. And eventually, Latifi finished the race P15, six spots behind DeVries, who started just two spots ahead of him on the starting grid. Though P15 is certainly not Latifi's worst result of the season on paper, the fact that he got outperformed by his teammate's replacement in equal machinery certainly makes this Latifi's worst race of the season. I talk about what this result means for Latifi's F1 future also during the listener voicemails portion of this episode, so stay tuned. Next up, here are some additional Storylines that I have not covered yet and that will not be covered by way of the upcoming listener voicemails. First up, the Monza curse is real and struck again at this year's Italian Grand Prix. For the last three years, the Monza curse has condemned the previous year's winner of the Italian Grand Prix to retiring from the following Italian Grand Prix. 2019 winner Charles Leclerc retired from the 2020 race due to an accident 2020 winner Pierre Gasly retired from the 2021 race due to a suspension issue. And last year's winner Daniel Ricciardo retired from this year's race due to an oil leak. So Max, good luck at next year's Dying Grand Prix, buddy. You're going to need it. Next up. Earlier today, Williams put out a press release updating all of us on the scary circumstances surrounding Alex Albon's appendicitis surgery. Quote, Following surgery, Alex suffered with unexpected post-operative anesthetic complications, which led to respiratory failure, a known but uncommon complication. He was re-intubated and transferred to intensive care for support. He made excellent progress overnight and was able to be removed from mechanical ventilation yesterday morning. He has now been transferred to a general ward and is expected to return home tomorrow. There were no other complications. Alex's full focus is on recovery and preparation ahead of the Singapore Grand Prix later this month, end quote. That is all absolutely terrifying, but I am so happy Alex's condition has improved, and I think I speak for the entire F1 community when I say get well soon, Alex. And finally, unfortunately, sadly, it looks like the FIA are going to do exactly what I predicted And deny American F1 hopeful Colton Herta's request for a super license exemption, meaning as it stands, Colton Herta will not be eligible to compete in Formula One for AlphaTauri next season. But all hope of an American on the grid in 2023 is not lost. As Williams Academy driver Logan Sargent is currently set to have an eligible super license for next season, because he's having a great season in formula two and with latifi's f1 future even more up in the air after this weekend than it was before this weekend somehow it is entirely possible that we see the red white and blue of the united states in addition to the red white and blue of the netherlands great britain france australia and thailand already on the grid on the grid next season so i'm really hoping we see an american colton herda logan Sargent, i don't care Let's get the red, white, and blue of the United States and the Stars and Stripes on the grid. This episode of the Formula Bone F1 show is sponsored by a new sponsor, Chime. What goes great with a summer vibe? How about a checking account with no monthly fees? Like a cool breeze, Chime is a refreshing way to handle your money. With no monthly fees, no maintenance fees, or minimum balance fees, it's how banking should be. And when you need to access your money, you can do so fee-free at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and CVS. You can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on Chime. It's fee-free for you, and there are no cash-out fees for them. Chime. No monthly fees, no vibe-killing fees. Sign up for a Chime checking account. Only takes two minutes and does not affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash FBone. That's Chime.com slash FBone. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any Allpoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM, other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. It is now time to check in with you all regarding how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the Italian Grand Prix. And folks, it was an interesting one. My first race prediction was that Max Verstappen would win the Italian Grand Prix, and ding, ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! Predicting a max win is uh, pretty much a freebie at this point, but I need freebies at this point because there are so many grid penalties these days that I honestly like need all the help I can get, okay? Because I'm making these predictions before they're usually announcing the grid penalties, so it's hard out here, okay? Give me these max wins. Let me pad myself with one correct one. Thank you. My second race prediction was that Checo Perez would finish on the podium at the Italian Grand Prix, and uh, I've decided that I'm just going to scapegoat his unexpected grid penalty for being the reason he did not finish on the podium, and completely overlook the fact that both Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton ended up finishing the race ahead of Checo, despite both of them starting the race significantly further back on the starting grid than him. It just seems way easier for me to do it that way. Um, So that's what I'm doing. My third and final race prediction was that Alex Albon would finish in the points at the Italian Grand Prix. So Alex Albon, of course did not compete in the Italian Grand Prix as he ended up coming down with a case of appendicitis between FP2 and FP3. Instead, he was deputized by Mercedes and Aston Martin and Williams reserve driver Nick DeVries, who hopped into Alex Albon's car on Saturday and then finished in the points on Sunday with an incredible P9 on his Formula One debut. So I'm just going to come out and say, that ding ding, J Bone also got that one right, folks. J Bone! Don't even try and convince me that my Alex Albon pick doesn't transfer to the guy who drove Albon's car in the race, okay? I won't listen, nor is my mind capable of understanding any such argument, even if I were to listen, which I'm not going to do. J Bone! Going two for three on my bonafide race predictions isn't too bad. You know, it's fine. It's okay. But it's time to look deep, deep within myself these next two and a half weeks so that I can return to form and go three for three once more in Singapore. j Bon! Next up, it is time to respond to six Italian Grand Prix-themed voicemails left by Formula Bone F1 show listeners on the Bone Phone. If you're new to the Formula Bone F1 show, welcome. After every race this season, I do one of these race recap episodes, and a large part of them is me responding to questions, comments, hot takes, and more left by Formula Bone F1 show listeners on the Bone Phone, the phone number for which is 1-833-200-0966, and If you happen to live somewhere where it's difficult to make phone calls, I have also created a channel in the Formula Bone Discord server where you can submit voice memos directly from your phone rather than having to call the hotline number. Check it out via the Discord invite link in the description of this episode and also just join the Formula Bone Discord anyways because it's fun. We have over 700 fans of Formula One in there. We talk Formula One all the time. It's a great place. Make some F1 friends in the Formula Bone Discord invite link in the description of this episode. So during or after each race, whenever you have an interesting thought, hot take, complaint, or anything else like that, make sure to hit up the Bone phone or the Formula Bone Discord for a chance at your voicemail or voice memo being played on the show. Without further ado, here's the first call. Hey, J-Bone, it's Rayon from Canada. Do you think the steward should have put out a red flag immediately so we could have had a battle finish? Or do you think that would have been another Abu Dhabi situation and everyone would have been angry about the decision? As far as the whole Monza finishing under safety car situation goes, I am in the group of people that simultaneously believes these two things. One, races that end under safety car are disappointingly anticlimactic. And two, the F1 rules and regulations should be followed in the name of sporting consistency, and these rules and regulations currently allow for races to end under safety car when certain race resumption conditions are not met. I don't think the race should have been red flagged immediately upon Ricardo's retirement or any time thereafter, as there was no resulting on-track obstruction large enough to leave insufficient room for the remaining cars to safely get by the removal of Daniel's car, which is currently the only reason you would red flag a race there. Though I will say that portion of the track Daniel stopped on is quite narrow and definitely was towing the safety line, though I don't think it crossed it. So it actually initially looked like this situation would result in more entertainment than if it hadn't happened. It appeared as if we'd end up getting a nice little smushed up post-safety car shootout to end the race rather than just watching... Max finished 16 seconds ahead of Leclerc and George Russell then finished 15 seconds behind Leclerc though I should note there were some good midfield battles going on that would have still been quite entertaining Mick Schumacher was shooting his way up was gonna maybe come close to finishing the points you had Joe fighting with DeVries so it wouldn't have been like all no entertainment but obviously the entertainment at the front of the order you know people fighting for podium positions undeniably is more entertaining than people fighting for low points positions. However, Daniel's car was not able to be removed by Marshall's via pushing as it was stuck in gear, which resulted in it having to be craned off, which resulted in there being too few laps remaining afterwards for racing to resume, which resulted in the race finishing under safety car, which we can all agree, like apparently all teams did last season, that we would like to avoid whenever possible. But alas, as it stands, Formula One has not yet officially decided to prioritize entertainment over sport, at least as far as this specific matter is concerned. And rules are rules, so this race did end as it was supposed to, despite the finish being anticlimactic. After Abu Dhabi 2021 Teams tried to come up with fair ways for races to not end under safety car and came up with nothing upon which they all agreed. It's more complicated than just add laps on at the end because there's currently no refueling in F1 and some cars may not finish an extended race with sufficient fuel for testing or maybe even not finish an extended race at all due to running out of gas. Also, many strategies prioritize track position over pitting, which further complicates things. In my opinion, Toto Wolff put it best when he said, quote, If one is not happy with the regulations, and you want to have a big bang show and two laps of racing and mayhem, I think I'm absolutely up for it, but then we need to change the regulations, end quote. Which is, of course, just another way of saying, Yes, Mikey, yes, yes, that was so right, unless we change the regulations. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. More and more athletes, including Formula One drivers, are realizing that mental health is even more important than physical health and are speaking openly about how they're focusing on their mental health to improve their performance both on and off the field. But you don't have to be a professional athlete to want to always be at the top of your mental health game. Therapy is the best way to stay in peak mental shape, and therapy is what you'll get with BetterHelp. I think everyone should try therapy because it's worked wonders for so many people in my life in terms of helping with anxiety, depression, stress, emotional healing, and more. And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try to see if it works for you, BetterHelp is a phenomenal option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You don't even have to be on camera with your therapist if you don't want to be. BetterHelp quickly matches you with a licensed therapist after you fill out a brief survey, and you can easily switch therapists at any time for whatever reason. When you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com FBone today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com F-B-O-N-E. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Next call. Yay, What do you think about Verstappen's championship situation? Do you think he can wrap it up in Singapore? For those of you wondering, yes, This is 100% mathematically possible. Here's everything that needs to happen in order for Max Verstappen to clinch the 2022 World Drivers' Championship at the next race, the Singapore Grand Prix. First, Max must win the Singapore Grand Prix, which must award full points to drivers by being run to at least 75% of the race distance. Then, if Max does get the fastest lap point, Charles Leclerc must finish P8 or lower and Checo Perez must finish P4 or lower for Max to clinch the championship. Or if Max doesn't get the fastest lap point, Charles Leclerc must finish P9 or lower and Checo Perez must finish P4 or lower unless he gets the fastest lap point, in which case he must finish P5 or lower. And if all that happens, Max wins the championship. The craziest part of this whole situation to me is that because Checo is Max's teammate, I assume Red Bull will team orders him into the ground if Leclerc DNFs or if it's looking like Leclerc may not finish P eight or higher. So essentially, all it will take for Max Verstappen to be crowned champion in Singapore is for him to win and Charles Leclerc to DNF. A scenario which has already happened three times this season, and considering Leclerc hasn't DNFed in the last four races. I kind of feel like he's due just saying also imagine the drama. If max is on to win the race with fastest lap and clinch the title, but Leclerc is on to finish P eight. So every team with a car in the top 10 is doing all they can to steal the fastest lap point from max chaos would ensue. And I cannot wait. This is going to be a fun one folks. Next call. Hey J bone. Um, I was just wondering about the whole Nick DeVries and Williams situation. Do you think Nicholas Latifi is going to have a position at Williams next year? Obviously, a lot of people think he doesn't. Just wanted to hear your thoughts and maybe who Williams would go after. Maybe Logan Sargent or Nick DeVries or someone in between. Latifi seems like a very nice and reasonable man. So I think even he might agree that after what just went down in Monza, his time in Formula One should come to an end after this season. Driver Nick DeVries' excitement at Monza was supposed to be centered around driving an FP1 in place of Aston Martin's Sebastian Vettel on Friday as part of F1's initiative to give F1 practice experience to less experienced drivers. The following day, however, Williams's Alex Albon was ruled out of the remainder of the race weekend with appendicitis, so DeVries, who serves as a reserve driver for Mercedes, Aston Martin, and Williams, replaced Alex Albon. Fortunately for all involved, DeVries had some good experience in Albon's car already this season, having driven it in FP1 at the Spanish Grand Prix as part of the same F1 initiative that he was in Monza to drive in the Aston Martin for. So, DeVries hops into Albon's car in FP3 with only enough time to get 20 practice laps in before qualifying. And what does DeVries do in qualifying? Makes it to Q2 and out qualifies Latifi by three positions in equal machinery. Due to grid penalties, DeVries ended up starting the race P8, with Latifi starting P10. And what does DeVries do this time? Finish in the points on his Formula One debut. And with Latifi finishing out of the points a full six positions behind him, DeVries also ended up after the race with more points on the entire 2022 season than Latifi, despite competing in 15 fewer races. So yeah, personally, I think we all, hopefully, just witnessed Nick DeVries ace the craziest job interview of all time. And if Williams are financially able to separate themselves from the Latifis, I think Nick DeVries has earned Latifi's spot in Formula One. But if say, American Logan Sargent, who's a Williams Academy driver having a solid year in Formula 2, were to take Latifi's spot instead, I wouldn't be mad about it, nor would any American F1 fan, especially if DeVries ends up elsewhere in Formula 1. Next call. What's going on with Botas right now? His season started off pretty strong, but now he hasn't finished in the points in forever. This is a phenomenal question. Valtteri Bottas started the season off very consistent, scoring points at seven of the first nine races, with one of those points finishes being a top five at Imola. And that's where things took a turn for the literal worst. There have been seven races since that nine race stretch, and not only has Bottas not finished any points a single time, he hasn't even finished the race Four of those seven times. Reliability issues have been absolutely plaguing Alfa Romeo this whole season, with Bottas being the one on the receiving end of almost all of them for the second half of the season. Of Bottas's four DNFs in the past seven races, three of them were due to reliability issues. Alfa Romeo need to figure it out already, because Bottas is an awesome Formula One driver and incredible personality for the sport, and I need him back fighting for points once again. Give me my valtity This episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. And for being a Formula Bone F1 show viewer and or listener, you will get a free incredible gift with your order of the best shorts, pants, and joggers on planet Earth with my code FBONE on BirdDogs.com. Bird Dogs makes the best shorts you will ever wear. I promise you. I rotate through my four pairs of Bird Dog shorts pretty much every week. I'm wearing Bird Dog's pants right now. I freaking love them. I've been wearing my Bird Dog shorts all summer long because you can do anything in them. Wear them while watching Formula One, working out, playing sports, sleeping, watching football, ending a race under safety car, and even swimming. Bird Dog shorts are the best because they are so comfortable and because you can get them with built-in underwear that feels better on your skin than the finest silk sheets and is also super breathable, doesn't bunch up like traditional underwear does, and is quick-drying. And as far as that free gift goes, it can be any number of crazy gizmos and gadgets, such as a dad hat, a tumbler, a pair of nunchucks, a whistling football, and much more. So go right now to birddogs.com, promo code FBONE, free gift. You will not want to ever take your bird dogs off, I promise you. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Next call. Hi, J-Bone, I'm Issa from the US, and I was just calling um, because I was wondering what you thought of Nick DeVries getting um, Driver of the Day over Carlos Sainz because he went from P18 to P4, which is really impressive. In my opinion, the F1 Driver of the Day voters absolutely got this one right when they elected Nick DeVries as driver of the day. Full disclosure, I am one of those Nick DeVries voters. Sure, Carlos Sainz went from P18 to P4 at his home Grand Prix. Well, Ferrari's home Grand Prix. But consider this. Lewis Hamilton gained exactly as many positions during the race as Sainz did, going from P19 to P5, And he did so in a car that qualified over a second slower. I think Sainz's and Hamilton's performances were both great, but I also think that they said a lot more about the cars and the rest of the field than they did the drivers. On the other hand, DeVries' gutsy F1 debut performance was not only history-making as DeVries became just the 67th Formula One driver ever to score on their debut, but also said a lot more about the driver than it did the car or the field, given the absolutely bizarre circumstances through which DeVries even ended up competing in this race in the first place. So yeah, I think Nick DeVries fully deserved being driver of the day at the Italian Grand Prix. Final call. Hey, Jay bone and Sam in Milwaukee. With the uh, Red Bull running away with first place in the constructors, how do you see the race for second and fourth shaking out? Ferrari and Mercedes are pretty tight. Uh, going for second, and then there's Alpine and McLaren pretty tight in fourth and fifth. Thanks. As far as the fight for P2 between Ferrari and Mercedes goes, if Ferrari keep doing what they did at Monza, aka not totally screw everything up for themselves and actually make sensible, prudent decisions, I think they can hold on to that P2 for the rest of the season. It seems like maybe Ferrari have taken some pressure off themselves by no longer competing for the World Drivers' Championship, and instead of shifting focus to just the constructors, which could serve them quite well. However, I still think that Mercedes will end up finishing the season P2 over Ferrari and the constructors because of their superior reliability, and because I like Mercedes over Ferrari at a lot of the upcoming circuits. This fight is going to be so fun to watch, I'm very excited for it. As far as the fight for P4 between Alpine and McLaren goes, I think Alpine will hold off McLaren through the end of the season just because of consistency all around. The Alpine car is more consistent than the McLaren car, plus Ocon and Alonso's consistency as a driver duo outweighs the high ceiling and low floor combination of Lando and Danny Rick. So yes, I think Alpine finishes P4 in the constructors, and I think Mercedes finishes P2. That's it for today's episode of the Formula Bone F1 show. If you enjoyed the show and want to help me out, I'd really appreciate it if you could toss me a comment, like, subscription, rating, review, or any other form of engagement on whatever platform you're on right now so that said platform and its algorithm like J-Bone more. I'm also trying to get 1,500 likes on this video episode. If you could please help me out and toss me a like. Thank you. Between now and my Singapore Grand Prix preview episode in a couple weeks, you can stay engaged with the Formula Bone brand by joining over 700 members of the Bone Brigade in the Formula Bone Discord server via the invite link in the description of this episode. And you can also follow me on all social media at Formula Bone and at my real name, Jared Borislow. That's at J-A-R-E-D-B-O-R-I-S-L-O-W. Until next time, folks, J-Bone!